Hello and welcome to a special Encore edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today we will be opening up the Salt and Light Treasure Vault and pulling out some of our favorite conversations from the winter of 2018. We begin by speaking with Dr. Joseph Dudkowski about his lifelong passion for working with and advocating for persons with disabilities. And we speak with liturgical composer Bob Hurd about a new musical project inspired by Pope Francis's Laudato Si. In our second half hour, we speak with Libby Slater, the co-host of the new Family Theatre Productions web series, Catholic Central. And at the end of the program, we reconnect with singer-songwriter Luke Spihar, who has a new album, The Pilgrim. We begin now with Being Perfectly Human. Most people would not think that we can find our godlike perfection hidden inside our oh-so-human imperfections. Yet those who live with disability say it over and over again. For Dr. Joseph Dutkowski, it's even more. In his book, Perfectly Human, he says that he found divinity in the midst of imperfect humanity. And to tell us more, I am very happy to welcome Dr. Joseph Dutkowski to our program. Dr. D, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Well, thank you very much, Deacon Pedro. It's an absolute pleasure to have an opportunity to speak to you and to your audience. Absolutely, and it's so so good to have you on the program. Um, I think that we can all maybe figure out or understand why you may have wanted to be a doctor, but why did you want to work with people with disabilities in the first place? Well, that's kind of curious because it's not something that I really ever set out to do. I was an engineer, and I was analyzing nuclear weapons testing data Hmm. for the United States. And um, one day as I just kind of looked around and I said, wouldn't it be amazing if we took all this technology and instead of applying it to blowing people up, we applied it to help people with disabilities. Hmm. And I wrote that as part of my essay to a medical school application. Right. Now, I have no idea why I wrote that, because I don't have anybody in my family with disability. There's nobody with cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, or muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. And um, I would consider that a Holy Spirit moment. Wow. Because that didn't come from me. That came from somewhere else. And amazingly, 30 years later, that's exactly what I'm doing. It is, exactly. It's like you fell into, I mean, it's a whole, like you, you said, a Holy Spirit moment. You fell into this perfect place for you. And you didn't. You weren't even thinking of medical school anyway in the first place. Um, in the book, you describe lots of little stories. It's, it's full of little anecdotes. That a lot of them, in my estimation at their life-changing moments. Is there any one story of, that you can remember that was a life-changing moment as a young intern or as a young medical student or a doctor, that story that stands out for you? Well, there, there are so many that, there, that were all small in their way that created this um, wave that uh, took me um, into this love that God has shown me. Mm. And uh, it's just that... Uh, is in the book, for example, I, it's really, it's my privilege to be a witness to their stories, because mm-hmm. it's their stories that have taken me to the foot of the cross, because the ground is never more level at the foot of the cross. No. I mean, there's no separate cross for cerebral palsy, there's no separate cross for Down syndrome. There's only one every time I go into the church, there's only one there, and uh, it's just, they have brought me closer to God, they've taught me to love myself 
with my imperfections, Mm -hmm. sometimes because of my imperfections. Right. Tell me about that day when you opened your email and there was an email there from the New York City Ballet. (laughs) That was kind of amazing. You know, you just get your email and you look at it and I'm going, what? And I'd like to say this was my idea, but a mom wrote the New York City Ballet. She Uh emailed them and said, do you ever do uh, workshops for children with disabilities? And they hadn't. Mm. But it really stuck in their craw. And at that time, I was doing uh, clinics in New York City to help uh, Columbia University start their cerebral palsy center. And Mm -hmm. so I get this email. Will I help the New York City Ballet set up programs for children with disabilities? Well, if that isn't a chocolate chip cookie, I've never heard of one. You know, because God has always given us chocolate chip cookies. And when I think when, you know, there's nothing better than a warm chocolate chip cookie. Right. God gives you one. I say, take a bite. Right, right. So I went down there, met these people, started working with them, and uh, the rest is history. So so, so the New York City Ballet hosted this workshop um, for children that have disabilities. So who were the children that went and what, what did that workshop look like? We had about 20 children with various disabilities, some who could walk, some who couldn't walk, some who had normal intellect, some who didn't. And uh, we had the first uh, uh, class in their studios in Lincoln Center, and they provided a live pianist. Now, amazingly, the instructors they gave me were two principal dancers of the New York City Ballet. That's These great. were two of their absolute best. Uh-huh. And I had spent time and taught them how to work with children with disabilities. Um, and the result was magnificent. What they did was so exciting. And I remember the male dancer runs up to me afterwards and says, Dr. D, you're right, they're just kids. Yes. And from there I knew he had it. Yeah, that's great. So it wasn't life-changing just for the participants, the kids, but also for the instructors. Well, I saw that, and you saw that, and they would say, this is, this is so wonderful, and they're so excited about it. Now the New York City Ballet, four years later, has almost 20 different programs for children and adults with disabilities. Oh, that's wonderful. Because they're so excited about it. And But I, I finally, after a couple of years of watching this, figured out why. And that's because every one of these incredible dancers starts out as a little boy or a little girl who loves to move to music. Yeah. And, you know, we expect them to be perfect, and they are perfect. They're the best dancers in the world on the stage in New York City. But in that hour or 90 minutes, what happens is they're free to be that little boy and little girl again. And so what happens is not only do they give the gift of art and dance to these children and now adults, but they receive a gift in return from these children that they are free from having being perfect, and they can just love what they're doing. Yeah. And so the gift goes both ways. Yeah. And And that's what makes it so fantastic. Yeah, and it certainly forces us to reconsider what our idea of perfection is. Exactly. Yeah. You know, perfection is things that when you get to heaven, Deacon Pedro, you're going to recognize Jesus because he's got the only imperfect body in heaven. Yes, yes. See, we get a brand new one, and I can use when I'm 62 years old. I could (laughs) use one, trust me. But Jesus rose to heaven with the holes in his hands and his feet and the wound in his side. Mm -hmm. And that, imagine that. 
for yes. all eternity. Perfect love is the only imperfect body in heaven. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, just a, one last question before we have to end, uh, Doctor. Why, why did you feel it was important to write the book, Perfectly Human? Because a lot of these people receive a lot of discrimination. They get shunted off from areas of society. And yet it's important for everybody to be treated with dignity and to be treated with respect. And these families work very hard when you have a child with uh, special needs. Mm -hmm. And they don't have the time and they don't have the money to tell their stories. And so I finally said, you know, I'm going to tell their stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so important, you know. Treat them with dignity, and that's what the New York City Ballet is doing. Because, and you didn't mention that these are not. This is not dance therapy. This is actually a dance class. They're being treated the same way as any other children goes to dance class. So that's. I think that that's uh, absolutely. Yeah. When we first sat down with the mother, and they said, "What do you want us to do? You want us to be therapy?" And the mother said, "No, be elite." Yeah. And from that moment, I said, "That's what makes sense." Do yeah. Absolutely. Come in there, and they treat the children the same way, and they walk out of there. And that's Yeah, absolutely, um, Doctor. Yeah, um, you're you're cutting out, so I think we're going to uh, uh, end here. But it's been so good to uh, speak to you. I'm really enjoying the book, and I want everybody to go get it, especially people who are very unfamiliar with the whole world of, of disability. It's something we all need to uh, reconnect with. Um, so thank you for writing the book and for speaking with us today. Hey, thank you for this opportunity, Deacon Pedro. God bless you, you and your continued ministry. You too. Dr. Joseph Dudkowski is an orthopedic surgeon who has dedicated his whole career to caring for and advocating for persons with disabilities. His book is titled Perfectly Human, and you can find it on Amazon. And to watch a video clip about the New York City Ballet Workshops, you go to our wor- our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. We're going to put that uh, video right there so you can see it. Here now is Bob Hurd with Every Creature is a Sister and Brother from Our, our Common Home published by Oregon Catholic Press. Every creature is sister and brother to us, made through the word of God spoken in love, made anew. Every creature
That was Bob Hurd with Every Creature is a Sister and Brother from Our Common Home, published by Oregon Catholic Press. Now, I hope that by now most of you have heard of Pope Francis's social encyclical about the care for our common home titled Laudato Si. This encyclical has inspired many people to do excellent environmental work and has even inspired legislation in some countries. But did you know that it has also inspired music? Yeah, that's right. Our Common Home is a new album published by Oregon Catholic Press that features songs that can be used for liturgy and prayer from well-known liturgical composers that speak to themes of care for creation, poverty, and solidarity. And one of these composers is someone you probably have heard of, just open your parish hymnal, Bob Hurd. And I am delighted to welcome Bob Hurd to our program. Bob, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you. It's great to be with you. And I really mean that because we've been, you know, music ministry, playing your music, Pan de Vida, all that, all that stuff from way back when for years. So thank you for all that work that you've done um, for over 40 years. But this idea, I think you'd say it's a little different. So how did this idea come about? Well, um, you know, this encyclical, although it quotes uh, John Paul II, and also uh, Pope Benedict's mm-hmm. wonderful statement, uh, is written in such a readable way. It's probably one of the most readable papal encyclicals ever written in down-to-earth language and sort of reaching across uh, denominational and also uh, interfaith lines. And I was just so impressed with it, and I felt the need to do what I could do. So initially, I wrote the song, Every Creature is Sister and Brother, and it's basically, you know, comes right out of the opening pages where he's talking about how for Francis of Assisi, every creature is sister and brother. And I composed and actually recorded that song on a previous collection of my music, but then I decided that it would be useful to to gather other composers uh, to compose around the themes of the encyclical. And I want to emphasize that for me, uh, the insight was, this isn't just a sort of secondary theme that we're attaching to the Eucharist, but it really goes to the heart of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, there are songs for the gathering rite. Yeah. There are songs for the preparation, for yeah. communion and sending forth. Right. Well, I was going to ask you about that because I think at first glance, some people might think, oh, you know, like I'm doing a prayer service uh, for the environment and I can use music. But that's not the point. These are songs that can be used in any liturgy because they're liturgically appropriate for the Eucharist, for a Eucharistic celebration. Right. The idea is, you know, you might have an ecology-themed liturgy once in a while. Yeah. That, that's not a bad thing to do, but the, the, these hymns are meant to show that on a regular basis, uh, our, our singing texts and the preaching uh, that is done should include creation on a regular basis. Yeah. And in order to show that... Um, you know, I recently did an essay for worship. It just came out uh-huh. on this whole question of music and laudato si and worship. Mm-hmm. And um, there's even texts 
in our Eucharistic prayers, which speak to how all creation is included in Christ's Paschal mystery. And so really what we're doing is we're addressing a theme that's always been there, but has often been overlooked, and now Francis has brought it forward. And so we're, we're writing music that says, you know, basically to share in the Eucharist is to share in solidarity with our brothers and sisters, absolutely. and in fact with the whole of creation. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, um, it's not like the canticle of the creatures <laughs> wasn't set to music and, you know, all creatures of our God and King, we sing it all the time at any Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and Laudato Si means praised be, and that's exactly what we're doing in, in liturgy. And so many, I think also the fact that people keep calling it an environmental encyclical, and it isn't. It's a social encyclical, and it deals with issues of poverty, solidarity, and a relationship with human humanity and all creation. So that is much mm-hmm. more uh, relevant to, I think, if we're trying to match songs to readings, for example. Um, so, so in case, yes. so, so you would tell people that they shouldn't try to struggle with, I can't use these songs because they don't work with the readings because the readings are not about saving the trees. Well, yeah, but actually one of the things I do in this essay for worship is I show how the rites, the ritual texts, yeah. are pertinent here. For example, what is it, you know, we have a gathering rite. Uh-huh which brings us, renews our, our, our identity in Jesus with, with God, right. but also with our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Well, that also includes creation. Absolutely. Uh, communion. You know, uh, in communion, we are in communion with each other and through Christ right. with each other and to God. Right. But it's also a communion with the whole of creation. Absolutely. So the ritual texts at any Mass, have a potential for uh, the theme of these themes of Laudato Si to be actualized. And then the other thing um, I talk about is how, if you, uh, I, I'm, I'm interested in how prayer leadership and preaching is done, uh-huh. not just music. Yeah. In, and yeah. if you look at the seasons, mm-hmm. you know, the ad, Advent through Epiphany is about the fact that the eternal word becomes one with matter. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the incarnation. Yeah, the uh, Lent and Lent and the pa- and the you know Easter is about how Jesus pours out His Spirit in His death on the whole of creation to transform it. So you're you're right that it's not as though there are specific ecological readings in the lectionary that we can match this with. Right. But there are these larger thematic frameworks yeah. that sort of cry out for you know more more encompassing expression. Absolutely. And you know what, that's, I was, I was thinking about that as a deacon, I get to preach and, and, and I, that's something that we need to remember. So the fact that you're reminding me that when I preach, I'm not just talking about solidarity with humanity or communion with human beings, but also with all of creation. Um, this project I mentioned earlier, it's a collaboration. There's songs, there's, there's obviously songs by you, but uh, Jamie Cortez and Curtis Steven, Janet Sullivan, Rufino Zaragoza, I mean, Ricky Manalo, they've all, how different is this project from other projects that you've worked on or how difficult was it to pick up the phone and call all these people, or, or did you have to look for music? How did that all come together? You know, it, it wasn't that difficult, uh, because, you know, all of these people have shared this concern. 
Uh, they certainly, if you look at the text of, you know, Michael Jonkis or Jaime Cortez or yeah. Bernadette Farrell or any of these other people, they're they're keyed into the whole issue of social justice. Yeah, and um, and so going from that to eco, what's called by people eco justice, is a very short step. Yeah. Um, what I did, my process was, I I, I sent to each person uh, a kind of uh, summary of some of the themes, especially phrases that could become song texts. And I asked, you know, one person to write a gathering song and another person to write a preparation right. song, yeah, and so on. And it just went on from there. Uh huh. And at least in one case, in Bernadette Farrell's case, she already had a song previously published called "Act Justly." Uh huh which already addressed these themes. So she uh, she graciously allowed us to include that in this yeah. collection of mostly new songs. That's great. So there's 10 songs. You mentioned some people there, so did I. Uh, lots of names that i hoping our listeners will recognize. If they don't recognize, they should just open their hymnal and they'll recognize half of these names, half of these people. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe in closing, we have about 30 seconds, but I know, Bob, you, you've been composing music for so long. Anything new down the pipes? Are you working on a new mass or mass setting? Or what What can we look forward to from you in the next uh, little well, while? Well, I did a, a new mass setting a couple years ago, yeah. which is, you know, just getting out there now. It's called the Santa Clara Mass. Because oh, yeah. I composed it while I was overseeing liturgy at Santa Clara University. It's an English mass. Uh-huh. Um, but what I'm currently thinking about is I'm writing a book on uh, the spirituality of the liturgy for liturgical press. Okay. And um, but musically, uh, my hope is to uh, I, I've written a number of songs that could kind of come together under a contemplative mm. collection, mm-hmm. a collection for contemplative prayer and meditation. Yeah, that would be great. So that's kind of my next thing. Okay, looking forward to that, and maybe yeah. it's an excuse to get you back on the program. <laughs> um, Bob, great. thank it would you. Be wonderful. I'd love to. Yeah, it would be. Um, great fan of your and your work. Um, thank you for for this little gift of our common home and for spearheading that and putting it together. I'm sure our listeners will be intrigued and would want to listen. And everybody's always looking for new songs for liturgy, and all of these are great additions to people's repertoire. So thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you for the work that you're doing. You're welcome. Bob Hurd has been composing liturgical music for over 45 years, many of his songs being sung in parishes on Sundays all over. His latest project is Our Common Home, inspired by Pope Francis's Laudato Si, the encyclical, with songs for liturgy and prayer from well-known composers that speak to themes of care for creation, poverty, and solidarity. It is published by Oregon Catholic Press. And here now to take us out of the show is Jamie or Jaime Cortez with Let Us Sing As We Go from this album, Our Common Home, published by Oregon Catholic Press.
That was Jaime Cortez with Let Us Sing As We Go from the Oregon Catholic Press album Our Common Home. This is a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Check out our website at saltandlighttv.org radio. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you have questions about the Catholic faith and what it means to be Catholic, well, they have answers. Catholic Central is a new web series produced by Family Theater Productions in Hollywood that is described as shareable and snackable that teaches the timeless truths and deep history of the church with humor and heart. It is hosted by Kai Johnson and Libby Slater, And to tell us more, I am now joined by Libby Slater. Libby, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So fun to have you on the program. Um, I've, I've watched a lot of the episodes, and it's so much fun. Um, and I want to talk about that, about the why it's so much fun. But before that, if I mean, I've explained a little bit about what it is Catholic Central, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more what is Catholic Central for people who are just learning about this. Oh, sure, of course. Uh, Catholic Central is a web series um, of entertaining and informative insights about all things Catholic. Um, they're just like, like you said, snackable pieces. Uh, they're short little videos where we try to get to the just the, the core truths of all of our topics, um, and we, we have a broad range of topics. Um, and right. we just try to find 
you know, the, what's the most important and try to get to it and, um, but yeah. in a fun and ridiculous way, as I'm sure you've seen. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's good. It. And that, that's what makes it, um, so, so what's the term you say? It's entertaining and inform, it's informational and entertaining. So it's interforming. What is the, yes, the term that you guys use? <laughs> we do. We, uh, we have this lovely joke where we're like, it's, informative and entertaining and we go interforming if yeah. you will it is interforming um, so, yeah. yeah no that's great because it's also helping form people um so i love that exactly that play on words so so the style of the show is that it's light and entertaining and you said sometimes silly and ridiculous why is that right. why is it important to do a show that's about serious truths in a way that's fun because that's i feel like that's who we are. Humans, we, we have to take the light with the dark, you know? Uh-huh. Um, it, it's real. If you can't laugh at yourself, you've probably taken things too seriously. <laughs> That's what I've right. often lived with, yeah. um, the mentality. But yeah, no, it just, um, it just shows, we hope it shows that we're just real, and we're real Catholics who are practicing our faith and striving for, uh-huh. you know, the fullness of everything God wants to give us in our lives. And um we are goofy, and I I like to think that Jesus had a great <laughs> sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I think it's important because people can relate and see that we we're not you know I guess you know, throwing it in your face or like you need to be this way. It's just here's the information. This is what we've learned. Yeah. We believe that this is important to us. And maybe you've had questions. Uh, maybe you've wondered what the Catholics think about you know. X, Y, Z, you know, and we can just maybe open your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing worse than, I mean, things can be serious, but there's nothing worse than just serious, angry people. Um, Yeah, yeah. Not that that we're angry or that we have to be angry, but so what sort of topics do you tackle? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, uh, we've got a ton. We've got the purpose and meaning of life. We use the Bible. We go to Mary. Um, even things like why do bad things happen, uh-huh. you know, oh, wow. to good people or bad people, you know, yeah. um, we, we even have a great one about the mass, uh-huh. um, even forces of evil is another one. Yeah. And then we do prayer. And then we also talk about like the different forms of prayer. So it mm-hmm. meditation, yeah. um, the rosary, okay. things like that. Um, okay. most recently we filmed one about dating, which I think oh, is really popular among our, of course. uh, group of people that are watching this yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun so, so it's a it's a web series so these are these are short how long are, are are they all about 10 minutes long kind of thing they're under 10 minutes they're definitely. under 10 minutes yeah so i think we, we always shoot for eight that's what eight makes them nine. snackable um so what yeah. what would you say uh, we were talking about this i mean this is a salt and light tv here in canada this is what we do as well we make television programs and we try to make them so that people can watch them because it's TV. It's not, we're not writing articles of faith. Um, right, right, so, right. So what were some challenges that, that you discovered in working on this program? Mm, challenges. Um, it, I would say num- one of the biggest challenges we had, um, just like a consistent challenge, was there's so much stuff you want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Topic. Yeah. But yet you want it to be snackable because... Uh, we are in a, you know, um, a media age. Yeah. That's also why we, we wanted to create this is because you got to meet people where they're at and everyone's on the screen, you know, yeah. and I enjoy movies. I love movies. I'm in the industry. Yeah. Um, 
and I love taking in content visually. Yeah. So it was kind of this, how do we find it where we can make it so it's not, you know, our attention spans are so short these yeah. days, but yet all of this is so important. So I think we ran into, you know, okay, let's get, let's get down to the, again, those core truths. What is absolutely necessary what we need to say? Yeah. You know, for someone who doesn't know or maybe has, you know, or just needs a refresher in the topic where they could walk away with an understanding mm-hmm. or that's that's the main goal is to yeah. walk away with an understanding. Yes, yeah, so you're so. giving them you're giving maybe the the something that's invitational. If they want to find out more, they can go find out more. Yeah, and I, and I I mean I know I'm very familiar with family theater productions, and I know you guys you know I mean you're not writing the show. There's probably a team of writers and theologians and all these people that have to figure all that out. But I know that Libby and Kai, you're the hosts. You guys, as you said, you're Catholic. You're living the faith. Like you are real people. How much mm-hmm. of how much of do you get a script and you be like, oh, I'm going to change that a little bit because a little bit of my experience. Did you get a chance to add a little bit of who Libby is in in the delivery or or the scripting of any of the programs? We do actually. We do. Um, Kai and I both actually have had the opportunity to. Um, we've written a couple of the episodes oh, where we good. got you know from the you know bare bones and then create the script. Um, but then overall, all the scripts do get a polish by Kai and I, okay. and we usually get together and we go through and we make sure that it's, is this how we would say this? Right. Um, or does this make sense to you? And we, we do, we actually have a lot of, um, within reason, obviously, because we don't want to change, we don't change anything theologically, obviously. Right. Um, but we do make it our own voice and they right. wanted that. Our yeah, producers that very much wanted it to be us. So, and it's always the two of you. So it's always the two of you. You might play different characters, but it's always the two of you, yeah. right? That's the whole yeah. shtick. Yeah. Yeah. For now, I think maybe someday we'll move into more uh, fun. Maybe adding in some more characters. Man yeah, on the street. Fun. We've been talking with them about actually going out and yeah. getting real interviews with people, which would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be. Um, what's your? F- can I ask you what's your favorite episode? Is there any one that really is like, wow, that was such a good one, and I love filming that. Oh gosh, we get this question all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I so our format is pretty similar for all of them. Yeah. We, we give the the key points, and then there's some fun things, and we do the characters. Um, but one, and I don't, I don't believe we've released it yet, but it's the mass. Okay. Our episode on the mass. I'm super excited about that. We did it as if we were sportscasters oh, explaining fun. what's happening during the mass. And it, obviously, it's, it's nothing um, sacrilegious or, you know, uh, we're very reverent, but it, it just makes it fun because, I mean, anyone who doesn't understand what's happening in Mass, how do you make that yeah. not, you know, how do you make that matter to them? How yeah. do you make that exciting for them? Because if they don't truly understand yet right. um, or haven't gone deep enough, it, we ran into that problem, but then we fixed it with making it just this fun, yeah. super goofy. We we are the typical, like, stereotypical announcers for a sports, but it's the math. That sounds like a great... <laughs> no, you're really right. Ridiculous. And that's about half, yeah. um, you know, half or the majority of people going to mass have no idea what they're doing or why they're doing it. So that's great. We do right. need... It's like the mass explained. Um, I, I love that. My my favorite one, I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen a lot of them, is the Bible one. I love, you know, the Bible. And, and, and Kai picks up yes. this big book and it's the <laughs> Bible. Um, and the canon and the canon goes... Anyway, it's it's just a lot of fun. It sounds like you've, you've had a lot of fun doing it. It's not just 
for young people. It's for everybody, but it's certainly yeah. in, a, in a format that appeals to people who are on the go, who can watch it on their mobile devices or, mm -hmm. or on the internet. So I would say that that's probably a lot of millennials and young people. Um, young people like you, Libby. Um, <laughs> yes, you're very young. Young adults. Yes, young are. adults. Anyway, um, uh, we're going to leave it there because we're, we're almost out of time. But thank you so much. It's been great fun talking to you and great fun watching the program and, and being involved uh, in, in the, the making of it because I've heard a lot about it as, as it's developed. Um, so oh, thank you for sharing, sharing a little bit of that with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Libby Slater is the co-host of Catholic Central, a new web-based series uh, produced by Family Theater Productions. And it's really easy to watch. Just go to catholiccentral.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Luke Spihar with The Pilgrim from his new album of the same name. Not knowing how I got to where I started I dared to step foot upon the way And though a few words have come to mind I learned more than I could ever say Proud man's mind and a young man's legs. I said, Let's walk from the dawn till the setting sun. Suspiciously ambitious was this desire in me, for this road was not meant to just get done. Give me food for today's journey Just enough will be just fine And slowly I will keep on walking By your way and in your time With more than I needed on my Not measured only in pounds The things I carry to comfort my weariness Were the same things that were weighing me down Some days the sun was only shining Days the rain just fell Some days I knew just where I was going Some days it was just so hard to tell Give me food for today's journey Just enough will be just fine And slowly I will keep on walking By your way and in your 
For my destination, I look to the horizon Then set my eyes on the ground at my feet I prayed when the mountains high were not the hardest part But to rise from my bed when I wanted to sleep Give me food for today's journey Just enough for being just fine And slowly I will keep on walking By your way and in your time What to say about the day I go below my feet So many miles only to find That the journey's end was not the end at all But the way was the treasure the whole time That was Luke Spihar with the title track of his new album, The Pilgrim. A few years ago, I learned about Luke Spihar and immediately loved his music. If you think he sounds maybe a little bit like Ben Harper, that's because Luke had the chance to tour with Ben Harper, and then Ben Harper produced Luke's third album, All His Gift. That was in 2014 when Luke was first on our program. And now, following a successful crowdfunding campaign, Luke Spihar has a new album, The Pilgrim. And in fact, I should say that I, I love the fact that... The, it, it's not Ben Harper anymore. I mean, it's it's. I love the sound, so I'm very happy to welcome Luke Spihar back on the Salt and Light Hour. Luke, welcome back. Thanks so much, Deacon Pedro. So good to be back. Yeah, I know, and I, I don't know. Maybe you you actually are, are tired of people making the Ben Harper connection. Um, oh, you know, <laughs> I, you know, it was such an honor to work with him, and yes. I, I'm always grateful uh, when people remember that. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know. I love. Ben Harper's music, so maybe some people don't, but I—I I mean, I love and I do love the fact that you—you—you've—it's sounding there. There is a different sound to this album. It's still very folky and indie, but what would you say for you is different about this album? Uh, well, you know, in regards to the production of the album, it's—it really stretched me um, to new places, which is exciting. It was exciting to kind of go there. Yeah. Um, Kind of bringing a fuller sound yeah. into my sound is mm-hmm. again a kind of a new adventure for me. So I I was able to kind of experiment and again stretch myself with incorporating different instruments that I'd I'd yeah. never really tried on um, on any tracks and yeah and then um, yeah just working with the 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 folks locally here in the Twin Cities and really spending the time to really flush out the song um, even before we recorded it was was um, kind of a new process for me. Yeah, it's got a very, and I don't mean this like in a bad way, I mean it in a good way, it's got a very kind of small town, small American yeah. town feel. Um, yeah. W- was that your idea from the beginning, or did it kind of start taking shape because you were working locally? Yeah, probably a little bit of both. You know, I think every song calls for something a little different, and, yeah. and I think these particular songs, um, to overproduce them would have caused harm, you know, in some yeah. way. So I think... I think that um, 
you know, for me, I'm, I'm always, I always love the feel of, of, um, kind of real instruments in the room and, yes. um, yeah, and just kind of letting the players, uh, play what they feel should be on the album. And so, yeah, I, I, um, I think what we hear now is just kind of the product of just kind of letting the process play out. Mm-hmm. Has you, has your songwriting style changed? I mean, you wrote your first, or you were recording your first album when you were in high school, I think, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. And a lot has happened since even you and I spoke last time. I mean, you've, yeah. you've, you got married, you have kids. Um, yeah. has, <laughs> so a lot, of, yeah. <laughs> a lot has yeah. changed. Um, has, uh, that's right. has your songwriting like your, or your focus changed? At yeah. All? You know, I think that, I think everything is maturing, you know, like, yeah. um, I think that having, um, again, kind of entering in the adventure of being married, um, then the blessing of children, um, and just life kind of develops and matures and changes. And I think that this, this album is kind of a reflection of that. And so, yeah, I would say that my songwriting um, style is is growing and developing, evolving, and um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I think even just you know, like you're you're mentioning, it, and then even the content to some degree of my lyrics, yeah. you know, it's you can't go through marriage and have a baby without it affecting, right? You know, your art in some way, and and so I, that's kind of a difference, perhaps, for this album too, is I have a couple songs in there that I'm singing for my wife, you know, and my right. babies and. So, yeah, I, I never wrote a love song that I, I actually wasn't embarrassed to sing to people right. until I got married. So. That's great, yeah. But it does feel it does feel like a, I mean, I don't know if I want to call it a themed album, but it does feel like it's a package. Did you set out to do, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of songs that were part of a, a, a particular theme, or, or were these song, songs that you had been writing throughout and then you finally got to the point where, hey, you know what, there's an album here? Yeah, I think the latter would be more fitting. I think yeah. that um, these, this was kind of the, you know, and it's each song is a bit of um is kind of the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's like I feel like there's a lot more that may come out of right. each one of the themes of each of the songs. You know, um, but as I looked over um, the songs that had been written over the last few years and and then more recently, it just seemed like you know what it's it's been such a journey, and and. Um, again, kind of this identity of a pilgrim continues in my life. Right. And uh, I just thought, you know, this, these songs feel like they express, at least to begin to express, um, you know, the pilgrimage that I've been on, you know, into marriage, into fatherhood. Right. Um, traveling America. And um, so, yeah, I think that, that it kind of organically evolved into a product yeah. that you hear, you know, kind of a project and a yeah, um, and the album that's there. I was going to ask you about the title because you think that a lot of people once you know they get married, they're settled, they've arrived. Yeah. Whereas you still feel that this is part of the pilgrimage, part of the journey. Yeah, and that's a great point. You know, like I think that for a lot of people, you know, some of these huge life milestones um, kind of feel like you've landed. You know, you're, you've yeah. reached your destination. But I think a lot of people might relate to the fact that. You know, the journey is certainly not done once you get married. You know, in some ways, no. you've just begun. Uh-huh. And um, I wouldn't say it's a false summit, but in some ways, that's the way it's, you know, you can kind of cross the threshold or get off the altar after being married. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, I guess we're still, you know, this the, the adventure is just starting. And um, yes, 
I think that's how it felt for me, you know, after getting married and then as our children have come. And it's just the the adventure of life just kind of keeps evolving and developing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, my journey continues and yeah. um, and the pilgrimage continues, you know, ultimately to our heavenly home. But, yeah, my certainly feeling like the journey is only growing and, and in some ways accelerating. Mm-hmm. That's a great uh, a great message right there. Not that... It, I was going to say I didn't think that it was a, a, a an album about marriage, and it isn't. But the fact right. that we're journeying together, and I've, I've been married for twenty two years, and I feel like we're, you know, the adventure continues because you never get to your destination, as you said, until we get to heaven. Um, yeah. Uh, so y- the album is fresh off the press. You're looking to do some some concerts, uh, hopefully uh, across the country, maybe even in Canada. So mm-hmm. if people are interested in bringing you to their community or their parish or wherever, is should they just contact you on your website? Is that the easiest way? That's the best way. Yeah, just reach out to me through my website, lukespihar.com. Okay. That'll Good. So you get to the right people, right. and um, and then they can book you. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I'll be I'll be posting a number of dates that are kind of just being finalized here, so people get a feel for where I'll be traveling in the U.S. in the next. Well, I guess the rest of this year and into next year. Okay. Um. But yeah, we. Whenever I get on the move, I love to to stay as busy as possible. So if people see that I'm coming to your area, I'd love to. Yeah, so that's Let's great. So, so the website is Luke Spihar. That's S-P-E-H-A-R, Spihar, LukeSpihar.com. And go to the website. There's a lot of information there. You can listen to some, some of the other music. You can buy the music. Um, and then, of course, you can also book him for whatever you need Luke to do. Preferably, it involves <laughs> singing. Um, Musically, yeah. <laughs> um, it, although, if you, lose, if you listen to the album, you know, maybe he can do some some planting, some gardening. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, not not quite yet in Minnesota here. We just got a, a fresh six inches of snow here over the last couple of days. I know, and same here in uh, in uh, southern Ontario. We're getting, we haven't gotten it yet, but we're being told that at the end of the week we're getting quite the bump. So, and you guys are further north than we are, so there we go. That's what we do. Um, thank you, Luke, for, for, uh, for doing what you do. Congratulations on the marriage and the children and on the new album, um, uh, looking forward to anything else that comes from you because it's really good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Deacon Pedro. Always a pleasure and honor to be on your show. Once again, you can learn more about Luke Spihar at his website, lukespihar.com. We're going to put that link on our site as well so you can find it easily. If you're in Minnesota, check out his tour dates on the website. And again, as keep checking the website because he's going to be adding more uh dates on as he you know continues uh, being booked for the rest of the year here now to take us out is luke's bihar with joshua from his new album the pilgrim when the sun comes up and the road lay before me but instead of hope i feel the fear of the unknown When my doubts feel as tall as the walls of Jericho I hear your words calling out, you say 
Listening to Luke Spihar with Joshua from his album The Pilgrim. And that concludes this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Remember to visit our website at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And any comments, feedback, or questions, you can send them to me via Facebook or Twitter. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro. Calling out, you say, to be strong.